1: Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Ali Moreno, Shaki Hislop and myself, Kay Murray, are here in the studio and we will kick off the action by talking about the Premier League weekend ahead. What a massive game coming up at Anfield between Liverpool and Chelsea, ninth and 10th in the table. Level on points going into it. It is so hard to call this game. Two very inconsistent teams, it's fair to say, so hard to predict what the outcome will be. Let's now welcome in Frank Leboeuf and Mario Melchiot to talk more about it and to see what their thoughts are on how it will all go down. Mario, let me start with you because Potter has said that he may give a debut to Mihailo Mudrik. What do you think of this signing?
2: It's a very interesting signing. Um, I've seen him, you know, like uh, we haven't seen uh, well, enough, I don't want to say about it, but enough to say um, that he's very direct. I've watched Chelsea because I was at the stadium uh, in the last game against Palace, and you could see actually what the difficulties were. And I think uh, Mudrik, he can definitely implement a situation and um, the tactics that Chelsea needs because attacking-wise and dribbling-wise and speed-wise, he can bring all that to them. And that's exactly what they miss. They don't. They don't have the direction in the sense of like really going to score a goal. And I think this player can create a lot of danger.
1: Shaka, do you think having all these players, it is a massive squad now? Do you think this is going to be a problem for Potter?
2: Yes, it is. I,
3: I, I, I don't understand. Oh, um, I don't know how you manage a team with. Well over 30 senior professionals in it. I don't know how you keep everybody happy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and still, even with the signing of Mudrik, who's a white player, you don't address your primary need. Right now, Chelsea need more than anything a goal scorer. Aubameyang was supposed to be that player, but he's, he's failed in that role miserably. Um, and that's their greatest need right now. So now, all of a sudden, you're moving pieces around a board and swapping players in and out without addressing why this team is failing. And it's an incredibly talented squad, expensively put together, but missing an integral piece. And regardless of how much money you spend around that, I fear that will be the same result. How then you manage all those players still missing that vital piece I think this makes makes Potter's job all the more difficult, all the more thankless.
4: While you don't have the goal scorer, that guy's not walking through the door anytime soon, right? Mm. So given the options that you have available, you've made the signing of Mudrik, What does he address? What does he give you that perhaps you don't have on the field? So I'm going to be glass half full with Chelsea and say, all right, well, at, at least this guy is going to be direct. There's going to be speed. He's going to get after defenders. He's going to get out in transition. When you watch Chelsea play, man, it is difficult to figure out how they're going to score a goal. One, because of the absence of the player that you just mentioned, but two, because everything happens so very slow. And slow and slower and slow west. That's not Mudrik. This is a guy that will give you an element of speed. Maybe that's something that Chelsea can exploit for the time being. But this is all for the time being because in the end, I agree with Shaka there are other needs that are pressing for this. But group. but then I could make that argument about Raheem Stilling. No, Raheem, no, no, Raheem Sterling hasn't had that in his game for a while. Raheem Sterling <laughs> is direct.
3: He is quick. He hasn't been direct for a while. He is that di- b- because I think that's because of Chelsea's own feelings. Oh, and and that's, I, I it just doesn't it it
4: doesn't make sense. Hey, I was know. I was glass half full. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, it's
3: uh, my, Friday. I, I'm, my my glass is three quarters empty. Oh, I can see that.
1: That is also not it when it comes to the <laughs> signings. They've got Maduaki from PSV. What more can you tell us about this player, Mario?
2: No, they definitely got a player. Look, um, what the guys were talking about. Um, when we were at the game, fortunate, I bumped into uh, one of the key um, uh, scouts of Chelsea, was uh, Christopher Viville, that they brought over. And he mentioned this player too, you know, like um, they, they were always going after him. He's, he's a young kid. He was at Palace before, went to Spurs, and then he is supposed to get a deal at Spurs. Didn't sign a deal because he wanted to go to PSV. I understand. The setup for PSV is very safe, very comfortable in the sense of developing players. And you have great ones coming from there, like, I mean, Romario, Ronaldo. It's always been a a place where it's down the south of us because we, Ajax is in Amsterdam. But... It always was a tough battle against each other because we always felt like PSU was the only team that always had great talents. This kid coming from there, he's a young boy. He has everything, you understand, in the sense of what we already talked about with Mudricas, the very direct dribbling, left footed player, likes to play on the right. But the problem is Chelsea's going to have a lot of numbers in, that, in those positions. The key thing for him to understand is that he knows that he's coming into a group where he has to fight a tough battle. To be able to play every week, because that he gets at the PSV, but at Chelsea, he might have to understand that sometimes you might not be picked, and if you're going to be, if that happens to you, you have to fight your way through the whole system.
1: Frank, what do you make of this oversized squad, if you will, for Chelsea?
5: <laughs> well, I, I see a metaphor if I if I make it, where you know. Uh, the owner of a land, you know, uh, brings his builder and he says, you know what, you know, bring all the uh, uh, what you need, you know, the, the, the bricks, the, the, the tile, uh, the wood, uh, the, the windows and the doors. And the guys comes to the land and he say, well, oh, well, we forgot something. Uh, the, the, the schedule, the, the, the plan and the cement. It's what I see with Chelsea. You have all the things you need, except the things to to glue everybody with and to, and a plan to uh, to uh, to work with. I think n- n- I never seen so many players coming, coming, but what to do with those? You know, that's the things that I don't really understand. Maybe Mr. Uh, well, Grand Potter has a plan, but I'm not sure he has because I'm not sure he decides for the people are going to sign, and he has to deal with all those names, all. Great players. Yeah, there is nothing to say about those players. But how do you make those players sticking to each other and making work with each other? That's the main thing that you have. Even Manchester City never worked like that. There was a plan and you added a player, then another one to make sure that it feels uh, or it goes with your ideas of the, the football you want them to play. Chelsea doesn't work like that, so I'm happy with the players. I think if it's if Modric is vertical, I'm very happy. Uh, if us, if Maduewengi score goals, I'm very happy because it's what we need. But I still have question marks. I don't know where we where Chelsea is going. Uh, hopefully, very soon we're gonna have a, an answer, but I'm not sure about that.
4: Mm. Frank the Builder you
6: didn't
4: know Frank
0: the Builder this is not new this is not new this is not
2: new Frank you know yourself look when when uh, Brownfield came in he did the same thing eh? because a lot of people are forgetting that I remember that was my my last year at Chelsea they brought in about eight or nine players and they came quick like this so that doesn't mean it's great and I'm not saying that it's great I hope they understand it but I don't what Frank just highlighted in saying like I don't think every individual is the individual that he wanted, but they have to. They have put in a person at, at, um, at leading this team. And this person now has to make sure that whatever gets put in towards him, he has to make sure that he can make a team out of them. That I think it's a key thing. When I was at the club, I felt it. We both know the history of the club. They treat you well. They welcome you really well. That all that stuff they did. Even the owners came in to say hi to all the the old players. But just the thing is that the, the the setup what they're going after, they are going after bringing in players in this club and making sure that the person that is leading it now, might not be. It's 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 sad to say, but we have to see what's going to happen at the end of the season because we don't know if Potter is going to be the guy that's going to move this team the next season on forward again, because that happens exactly when I was there with um, at Ranieri at Chelsea.
1: Frank, with that in mind, which coach needs a win more in this game, Klopp or Potter?
5: Hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I would say because they play at home, uh, uh, Klopp has more to lose. Um, Potter won against uh, Crystal Palace uh last game um so therefore maybe let's say it's a bit safe uh but um uh, yeah club because I think he's gonna put back the the uh, another team selection more the team selection that he's using uh for the Premier League and that does that team didn't really play the the game that they won lately against Wolves was a B team so we want to see the the a team be uh, uh, playing and doing well against Chelsea. Uh, and uh, that team is completely in doubt. So let's see, let's see how it works. But I think Klopp has more to lose than Porter.
1: All right, guys. Looking at this one when it comes to predictions, I'm interested to know, because it is a hard one to call, Shaka. Mm. What have you gone for?
3: I went for a draw. Mm. And, and one of the main reasons I, I decided on a draw was you sit and look at both these teams and you ask how they're gonna win this game. Where, where does that winner come from? And I keep coming up blank for both. For both these teams and you sit and think who's gonna be the difference maker and you're just left scratching your head. And, and in the end, I, I think that underperformance of both these teams just cancels each other out. Maybe somebody steps up and has the best game of the season that they've had. But again, we've been waiting for both these teams to turn that proverbial corner all season long. It's not come. And I I just think this is going to be an extension of both of their respective seasons. So it's a draw for all the
4: wrong reasons then. All the wrong reasons. (laughs) I'm going to give it a draw as well. But I'm concerned. I'm you're, concerned, you're, Shaka. Remember, you're a glass-half-full yes, But guy. I, I'm, okay. Yes, but I, I'm concerned because Frank the Builder also has it as a
1: draw. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh. well, we should probably get Frank the Builder's reasoning for that because I want to know something from Mario as well. But, Frank, why have you got a draw?
5: Well, because we don't know where to go. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a nightmare to, to really guess what we're going to get from those boss teams. So it's, I think it's only being wise... And it's only K. Murray we can do, we can go for Correct. Liverpool because she ate so much Chelsea because we beat you twice. It's why, you know, in 97 and 98, you know, in the FA Cup, in the League Cup, it's why you put Chelsea, uh, Liverpool, sorry. So, yeah, otherwise, if you're a wise person, a concerned person, you know, you have to go for a draw. That's it. <laughs>
3: So, uh, right. so, are you carrying a 26 year grudge? It looks is, that, like it. is that what oh. it is? A 26 year grudge against <laughs> it's Chelsea? It's nothing
1: to do with the fact that Nunez is back, Liverpool are at home, it's Klopp's 1000th game as a manager. Oh, Chelsea struggle on the oh.
3: road. Who's glass is oh. three quarters, <laughs> <Whose laughs> <glasses three> quarters? <laughs> <laughs> full now?
4: Whoa. Whoa. That was, you know what? Was, that was wise and concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Mario, why are you
1: sitting on the fence?
2: Because I, I don't see any goals coming from anybody. You know, like, I mean, Liverpool is struggling up front. I don't see it really happening. The only thing, OK, if Saha, Salah plays against this young kid, what they have uh, a Maybe could they have an opportunity? But at the back, they don't look comfortable. Chelsea don't look comfortable at the back. So I feel like <laughs> they are both in the same problem. So that's why I went for my draw.
1: There you go. Mm. We'll find out what happens in this
2: one. You, you seem very excited about it. You've
1: got to put your neck out there, haven't I'm you? I'm very <laughs> concerned about way. it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you I'm not still holding a grudge. Yeah, okay. yeah well, <laughs> well. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Arsenal, Manchester United. Remember, Manchester United beat Arsenal 3-1 in September, but can they do it again this time around? Arsenal have not lost in the league since that game. There's eight points between these two sides, but but Frank, even though we've been seeing goals from the two, you say this one's going to be nil-nil.
5: Why? Oh, no. Oh. Uh, well, for a stupid reason, I will owe a, a big dinner to one of our producer if uh, Arsenal <laughs> win the Premier League. So uh, I, I already paid that they, because I said that Chelsea would finish before them. So I already paid last time I came over uh, to uh, to uh, to, uh, to, uh, to Louise. Uh, my, my dinner so I don't want to pay twice you know so <laughs> no but really I think Manchester United uh, are getting better and uh, I don't know at some point you know I still feel Arsenal fragile you know I will have to apologize if they keep on going like that and and win the Premier League but I feel that at some point something's gonna happen and they're gonna they're gonna drop you know at the advantage of uh, Manchester City so it can start uh, uh, against Manchester United if they draw, Tom. Mario,
1: you're backing Manchester United even though Casemiro isn't there. Why?
2: Yeah, you know why? Because I want this league to open up. Because you know, mine is also what I want to happen. It's not only that I I, I think it's going to happen, but if Man United wins, oh man, it's wide open, and then it's just like fire again at this at this league. So that's why I hope if they win, then. Arsenal got to play Manchester City twice. Oh, my God. This league is wide open. So that's why Man United bring some life to this league again.
1: Frank, because of a dinner. Mario, because that's what he wants you, it to be. Yeah. Will it matter that Casemiro isn't there for Manchester City? No, of
2: course it
4: matters because he has made a tremendous impact, has had a tremendous impact on Manchester United and the structure of the team and how he has made players around him better, uh, no, no better image than that, than what we saw from Fred last weekend against Manchester City. You're seeing Casemiro structurally giving you the balance, but now Fred, who was booed by Manchester United fans at times, all of a sudden he's running around with energy and winning challenges and winning tackles, becoming an important player for Manchester United. Now, following that match, the conversation on this show was that Manchester United were indeed a title contender. It was said on this show. And so, if indeed they're a title contender, uh, regardless of whatever their, their, their result was in the midweek, you have to imagine that this is the sort of game in which Manchester United has to give the best version of themselves. Because of the absence of Casemiro, I will say that it's just enough for a draw, not enough to win it. That's why I have it as 1-1.
1: Shaka, your prediction and why?
3: Uh, I went for Arsenal 2-1. Um, and, and listen, I think Manchester United have been absolutely fantastic draw against crystal palace Result aside um and analysis yes casemiro is a huge miss i think under other circumstances manchester united can cope without casemiro against different opposition and while united got the better of arsenal earlier on in the season united have have improved i still feel right now arsenal are playing the best football in the league by a long way Um, and and why the miss why the casemiro miss is so huge where it wouldn't be as big against anybody else is because of how many different ways arsenal can hurt you particularly from that midfield whether we're talking about thomas party sitting deep or we're talking about odegaard or Smith Rowe, whoever you want to throw at that midfield is dynamic and can can hurt you every every in, in, in every single department that's why i think this game more than any that the 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 missing of of Casemiro um, is 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 telling, and and Arsenal at home with their fans at their back with history beckoning, um, I, I just feel they get the three points.
1: Arsenal's title rival City had a big comeback win yesterday, but that wasn't enough for Pep Guardiola. He was a bit annoyed mm. at his players. Here's what he had to say:
6: "I'm incredibly happy, but uh, all change. We are not going to win I think yeah, I would say I don't care to win anything I said the last year yeah, to see my team the love in our job and our lives is have passion for something I want the passion from Julian I want the passion from Rico I want the passion from Nathan I want this every ball to happen so it's something it's a 1-0 free kick Rico and, 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 um, and Manu all the players are from nine players you know to, to Manu ball and they play short, I have to read that. It come from the manager, I have to tell them this. You think I said something tactically or whatever in the half time? But why should change, we're playing good. But it doesn't matter the substitutions, it's not about that. It's not It's not about that, it's about that, that we, we, we don't have it. Right now, right now we don't have it. I have to admit it, we had a lot of success. People say, no, it's not a success because we don't win the Champions League we won a lot in this country two bags two bags and the way we played the consistency against this liverpool what a what a what a success that is normal but we have to look ourselves it's not enough it's yeah it's okay no come on i said to erling erling runners you cannot drop because runners one runner in the half 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 time one Your quality is there. That's why you bought it.
1: Mario, this is, by the way, a team that came back from 2-0 down to win a game. Is it fair from Pep Guardiola to criticise his players like this?
2: Guardiola is very intelligent. When he talks, you have to also understand that the mindset of of, of of a coach that's really good is psychologically also at a level that is very good. He talks like this because this is not the first time he said this. eh? A couple of seasons back, he said the same thing. He wanted more of his fans. He wanted more noise because he was going at it, like he just mentioned, with Liverpool. Now, this moment comes again. He knows that he needs more out of his team to be able to participate in the race in trying to win this league again. He's that close. He knows he's that close, but he had to turn things around because the game against Spurs could be a big surprise. But he knows himself... If you want to compete with it, you need to make sure, I mean, you had a player like Mares, What he did yesterday was incredible because, hey, (laughs) when you have a winger that can go, I always say that when you go in and outside as a winger, then you become dangerous because some just keep it safe and only go inside. But that's why I say just as overall as a team, he's just motivating them, just getting them ready, take the heat to himself, complains a little bit. But believe me. When it comes down to making his team the way he wants them to play, he will tell them personal things. But he also makes sure that whatever he wants us to know, he brings out to the open, and the rest he keeps to himself because that's not the, he's not going to share everything.
1: Shaka, can, uh, sorry, Frank, can you see a drop off in City? Do you think that they are getting a bit complacent?
5: <coughs> well, I think I think Pep Guajola as the result of what he created. Uh, he wants players. He wants, and players sometimes gamble. Um, what did Edison on the first goal? I can tell you, Shaka Islop would have never done that. Why? <laughs> because he would have kicked the ball away, you know? Um, and what did Rodrigo on the second goal? It would never happen because Mayo Melcott with me or, 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 or myself would have kicked the ball in the stands instead of trying to chip the ball over, over Kane. That's what you have when you try to play a little bit too much and you put your players in a frame of mind where, instead of going for the emergency, sometimes they go too much and, and they try to, to be too much effective in a way of playing the game. And on top of it, being successful makes your fans sleeping. The The fans that we had at Chelsea in 97, or 96, 97, are not the same that we have now because of the amount of success that they, are, uh, that, that they had. Uh, you go to Newcastle, where I think you have the best atmosphere. It's why? Because they're starving. They, they want to have something. They want to have silverware. And uh, maybe at some point, when Newcastle is going to be famous, uh, well, going m- to be successful, they're going to get uh, sloppy as well. So it's a little bit of the result that he has. But I like the way that he says it, because it's a wake-up call for everybody. But yesterday, there are some players that had a very good game. You know, top of Mahrez, I think Aki, was almost the man of the match for me. With the game that he had yesterday, I never seen Aki playing that, that well. So it's not everybody. I think some people were sloppy, but not everybody. And I think that team is so strong. Uh, remember that I say that uh, I think Arsenal is going to drop. It's because the pressure from City is going to come out and, uh, and, 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 and they know how to handle the end of the season. At uh, the contrary of, uh, of the Gunners, I think.
1: Did you notice that he brought up 1997 again there?
4: <laughs> I'm not think it's Frank, you know.
1: I can't believe you, you Frank. Know,
4: you know, it's amazing when, when we have sort of selective criticism, right? And when we tend to like a manager or appreciate a manager more so than we do another. Had this been Jose Mourinho and said this in a press conference, the message would have been delivered differently, it would have been more confrontational, and so therefore we would be saying something along the lines of, well, here is Jose Mourinho, he is Captain Deflecto, he's putting this on his player, he's exposing his players, making the players vulnerable, exposing the players to the media, to the fans, and we would have criticized this. Because it's Pep Guardiola, and because in the manner in which he is delivering the message, and it's Playful, but serious, intense, but self-deprecating. It, we kind of go, yeah, this is good managing. It's the same message in many ways. And the message that he's sending his players, which I'm sure he has communicated directly to them before he even said it to, in this press conference or mentioned it, is, look, people, we are as good as we want to be. Us, as, as good as we want to be. If we take it for granted, Teams are good enough to compete against us and beat us. So if we want to achieve the great things that we think we're capable of achieving, we have to bring it every day. Doesn't matter what we have achieved in the past, as good as we were, it doesn't matter now. That doesn't win games for us. And so if that message needs to be put across to players like Kevin De Bruyne, so be it. The fact that Kevin De Bruyne us is not playing in a game like this says a lot, but it's also the willingness of Pep Guardiola in saying, I don't care how big of a player you are, I'm gonna get my message across. I make the decisions and I need your very best. If you're not willing to give me your very best, you're gonna sit right next to me.
3: So to that point, though, I, I think he addresses some, some some issues within the City team that have been glaring. And and, and we've spoken about here a couple yep. of weeks ago you talk about Erling Haaland dropping deep to yep. get on the ball. Here he's saying Erling, we have one runner. <laughs> You're that man. <laughs> Don't come back here. And, and I think that's the right thing to say, especially to a young striker. For all the records that Erling Haaland has already broken and will break, he's a young striker. And that is exactly the thing that, that Pep Guardia is trying to say to him. And, and Why, again, I think you take what Guardiola says differently is because he has a style of football that he wants his team to play. And he's going to stick by it. He's going to die on that hill. To that point, um, Edison gives the ball away cheaply for the the opening goal, but that's what he wants his goalkeepers to do. To that that very point, Edison takes an equally risky pass out to the back in the build-up for City's second goal. That's how that's what he wants. He will die on that hill power Guardiola and you have to give him that again calling calling players out. He's saying we have a free kick. We have nine players in the Spurs box against the team. Now we can level all sorts of criticisms at Spurs. They are a very good counter-attacking team, if you give them that opportunity. If you have a free kick against Spurs, you don't put nine men in their box. You're asking for, you're playing to their strengths. And what he's saying is, as a team, if we are to achieve the heights that we expect to, more so than just winning four of the last five leagues. If we are to go on and continue to win and build on our successes, we have to be able to identify those situations on the park. And I think that's exactly the message that this City team needed to hear because otherwise they can get caught up in their own successes.
1: Meanwhile, let's get it back to Arsenal, Mario, because they bolstered the squad in adding Leandro Trossard to it. Are you starting to believe that they can win the title?
2: No, I always had the belief. I mean, look, yeah, as being the arrival part of the arrival team, you of course, you, uh, you always have that little head bump against each other, you know, when you speak to your own friends. But Arsenal are clearly one of the best teams, you understand. And we've been waiting for so long to see exactly what Arsenal's been needing. They add, you know, Tros the again. He's, of course, we know him from Brighton, the goals that he's been scoring. But away from that, Arsenal, just what Saka said, I've been watching them and the two key players... What Arsenal now has is what they've been waiting for so long. We've always been asking about character. <laughs> Partey, he's giving them so much character. The the intelligence of when the thing is not really happening for them, they're always looking for a player to open things up. Who is their captain? Odegaard. So, I feel like things like that, and of course they got the Saka and uh, Martinelli, the intelligence of the younger players that bring that that quality to the team. And that's why they added Trossard to it in the sense of because sometimes they could get light. If one gets injured or they miss out on certain parts, they need a little bit extra. And what I mean with extra, you also have to remember in the market, every time they go in the market, I'm so sorry to say it, for my blue people, they go right after it as well and they snap up some a couple of players that Arsenal wanted and Arsenal does not like that to happen to them again. So that's why they went really quickly after him and got their man.
1: Well, we have been waiting to see Arsenal take on Man City this season to get a better idea of how things are going to turn out. We're going to get our first chance to see oh. that in the FA Cup here on ESPN Plus January 27th. Make sure to join us. eligible items only, exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's LECTRI-CEebikes.com. The Bundesliga is back and it kicked off with a 1-1 draw between Leipzig and Bayern Munich. Bayern took the lead in the first half through Eric Matsing, Choupa-Morting and in the second half Marcel Halstenberg leveled things out. It is as you were in the table. Bayern still leaders after this one. Leipzig still third and still chasing them right now. Freiburg also in between the two. Bayern Munich can afford to drop points this weekend. Let's get word from Matthijs De who spoke after this game. So, Matthijs, first of all, thanks for stepping by. I guess it was a tough start into this new year. What are your thoughts on this draw?
7: Yeah, definitely a tough start. I mean, uh, Leipzig has a really good team. Uh, they have amazing players. And, uh, you know, they play with a lot of intensity. And, you know, of course, they trained a lot. We trained also a lot. So I expected a, a tough game. So in the end, it was a tough game. And yeah, we got a draw.
1: I think they did especially well in the midfield, like they took Musiala out of the match nearly. Was that one uh, key factor to success for them?
7: Yeah, what you saw is that when we played the one to the middle, they they, they really closed down with three or four men immediately. Uh, for example, Jamal today got a lot of pressure from the, from the midfielders. So yeah, they did as well. Uh, I think when we played to the side, so to the wingers, we, we became really dangerous. I think also this is the, se- the first goal we made is exactly an example of that with uh, Serge Gnaby with an amazing cross and Choupo scores. But also second half, a lot of times we, we, we had a good one-on-one uh, with the wingers and we, we got some chances, but unlo- uh, unfortunately the last pass was not good today. So Bayern
1: still the team to beat, still the team to catch. But what did we learn today? Well, on the call, we had Derek Ray and Stuart Robson. Pitch side, we had Anna Friedrich. Here they are speaking after it.
8: If we analyse the game, Anna, I'll start with you. Are Bayern going to be disappointed because the rhythm wasn't there, but at the same time, they walk away with a
9: point? They walk away with a point that's definitely the, the best notice today for Bayern Munich. To me, Bayern Munich was a little lazy, not in a way that they didn't want to play, but very sloppy in passes. Um, they didn't really see sharp, to be honest, and uh, in my opinion... RB Leipzig missed out a big chance to win tonight. So it was two different half times today. Bayern Munich controlled the first half with lots of ball possession. There was a lot of uh, movement in the middle of the park, but not really too many chances. And uh, the passing was not sharp. And uh, every once in a while I saw Bayern Munich players just like waving hands and not really being uh, happy about uh, the passes of, of the next. So therefore it was a kind of interesting game today, uh, a one is, I think, in the end the right result, but RB Leipzig missed out a chance.
8: Yeah, the body language, Stuart, was off as far as some of the Bayern Mm. players were concerned, but focusing on Leipzig, they certainly got stronger in the second half, didn't
0: they? Yeah, they did, and Arne said it at half-time. They should have been pressing higher up the field because Bayern Munich weren't playing particularly well out the back. I thought the lick looked a bit cumbersome on the ball at times. Uppermekano tried to hit a big couple of diagonals, which he didn't get enough power on, and they tried to play into midfield. Kimmich wasn't really dominating that midfield with Goretzka. So Leipzig should have been pressing higher up the field and make it more difficult. And when they did get it into the top third, you know, in commentary, we're talking about Danny Almo. Did he really affect the game? I'm not sure he did. Shobos from the right-hand side got better as the game went on. And the player that I thought was best was probably Forsberg, and he was the player that came off first in the game. So uh, maybe I saw the game differently to Rosa. What can we say about Eric Maxim Schubomoting? It's almost as though Arne,
8: the solution was staring everyone in the face, and he can't stop scoring at the moment for Bayern.
9: The most important for Bayern Munich is to sign a contract. He is so important for them, especially after Lewandowski leaving the club. He showed again today. He kind of scored out of the blue. Uh, there was not really too many chances. One cross. He's at the right position, and he's uh, you know in front of the goal. He's kind of a killer, right? So, therefore, I think. Um they should definitely
8: make any effort to, to sign him as soon as possible. The Leipzig goal, it came from a defender, Marcel Halstenberg, and you could almost feel it coming to an extent.
0: You could, but it was poor by Bayern Munich to start with. And there was there was higher pressure, Leipzig were putting pressure. Kimmich tried to play a diagonal ball, I'm not sure who he was trying to play it to, it didn't get enough power on it. The ball came back in, then he tried to let it run out of play to go off for a, for a, for a goal kick, and he got brushed off the ball. And then when the goal, ball gets played back in, they're outnumbered in the box, and it's a, a fairly easy finish by Halstenberg in the end, but but uh, yeah. That was much, much better from Leipzig in the second half. And they had some one or two other good moments, and I thought they might just nick it at the end. There was a talking point, and I'm referring to Diopo
8: Meccano and yellow card, or red, denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity or not. I think we're in agreement that Daniel Ziba got it right, yellow card. Derek, I'm a defender, right? So I would always <laughs> plead for the defender now, <laughs>
9: but in this situation, it was the right choice uh, with the, with a yellow card. De least was very close uh, to him, so therefore I think uh, definitely the
8: right decision. And Stuart, you said in commentary, yellow card all the way.
0: Yeah, I could see if the referee had given a red card, I'm not sure he'd have changed it. Because I think De may have got back there, but Schlobbeslade is quick. I'm not sure De was quite as quick as him. Um, Uppamakana, I don't think needed to go to ground, because he's probably the most athletic defender, apart from Alfonso Davies. He'd have got back, he'd have made the challenge eventually, so he dived in and made a poor challenge. He did that on two or three occasions, but a yellow card, I think, is probably the right decision.
8: So, there we have it. Arne, Stewart. thank you very much on this chilly night here in Leipzig. A point apiece. Leipzig have only ever beaten Bayern once. And let's see if they can change that later in the season. Bayern might not be all that unhappy with the draw here.
1: Thanks, guys. It looks like they had a three for two there on the leather gloves, (laughs)
8: didn't
1: it? Opportunity missed for Leipzig today, Ali.
4: Yeah, I think so. Uh, Bayern Munich today were vulnerable. And the guys were mentioning how poor in possession Bayern Munich were, which we're not used to seeing. And certainly we're not used to seeing mistakes coming from Joshua Kimmich. We're not used to seeing Goretzka not having an impact on the game. The midfield was dominated, certainly in the second half, was dominated by Leipzig. And when you have those chances and you have these moments to expose the fact that Bayern Munich are vulnerable, you must be willing to take that risk and take that opportunity on because those chances don't happen all that often. So... I agree in the sense that, yes, it's an opportunity missed, but given how the game was going and the fact that they were down a goal, I think both teams in the end will accept the point and move on.
1: The Leipzig goal, did you think that was a foul there?
4: I
3: did. I, I, I thought, well, I, I think Kami made, made a lot of the contact and I think part of it is, is down to it was his ball initially. but. Just the the arm over his shoulder from from uh, Silva, I, I thought was enough to, for, for the referee to, to to rule that out. And and in the end, I, we always make this point that it, it's in slow motion. It, it always seems to look so much worse. Um, I'm really surprised that it wasn't overturned on review. And you can see, Kimmich, he's he's not upset. Uh, he's upset by by the non-call, and I'm kind of with him on that.
4: Are you? Uh, well, I'll ask you this, Jack. You say it's enough for him to go down. Is it enough to be overturned? Because once the referee didn't give it, and I think that becomes a key question here, is it enough for VAR to say this is a clear and obvious error by the referee?
3: I I, I thought so. And I, I felt, I thought it was a foul in in real time, while looking at it in, in real speed. And again, we, make, we always make this comment that in slow motion, things just seem so much worse. Mm. So if I thought that in... in regular run of play i thought the var seeing slow motion replays he would have felt doubly so and i I, I have to admit i'm I'm surprised that that wasn't recalled
1: now the guys were talking about eric maxim chupamartine's contract issues Mm. and whether he stays on so he's out of contract at the end of the season he wants a significant pay rise and he wants a long-term deal okay They say they don't mind the pay rise, but they don't want to break their rule of giving long-term contracts to players over 30. But we know, Ale, the change he's made for this side, and we know how sought-after strikers are right now. What should they do?
4: I think Chuba Moutinho better be careful that he doesn't price himself out of the market with Bayern Munich. Because he is not a long-term solution for Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich will be in the market for another striker and somebody who they can think of as long-term, as a guy who can step in and be at Bayern Munich for years, not a player who they think is going to be a stopgap. And this is what Choupo-Moting is. He has been Bayern Munich for years now, and then because of Lewandowski, he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time. But even when he's gotten the playing time, hasn't always been all that productive. That has changed this year, and he has proven how important he is to the structure of Bayern Munich and the freedom that he gives the other guys to run around him. Regardless, I think this is one where, if you're Chupamonting, you negotiate hard, as hard as you can, but you're careful that you don't just take, a step, take it a step too far and buy and say, you know what, we'll see you later after the summer.
3: I think the issue here, or the layer that, that Chupamonting has, has to consider, and probably is, is that. If not him, then who do you go for? Mm-hmm. Of course, Bayern Munich were linked with Harry Kane not so long ago. Harry Kane himself over 30. So do Bayern Munich spend that kind of money and then offer a player, albeit a couple of years younger than Choupo-Moting, that long, long-term long deal that I'm, I'm sure Harry Kane would, would, would be looking for? So if you're Choupo-Moting, you're recognizing, yes, you're right, i has been there for a while and it, it does kind of feel like a stopgap, but he is producing. And then, when you look at what other options there are, if not me, there aren't any that tick all the boxes, usually, that that band would be pursuing. So, right now, you do have some leeway in terms of how hard you negotiate. And I think this is clever from Chupamoting until that other option presents
4: itself. Here's the other thing that he has to ask himself, Chupo moting he has to be very honest with himself. If the club has a philosophy in terms of how they do contracts and after 30 they only give you a one-year deal, am I the sort of player that is good enough and significant enough and impactful enough to break that philosophy? He has to have that conversation with himself before he goes into the office and says, uh, this is what I want or else. This is very careful. It's a give and take from both. And Xi Jinping has to be very smart about this.
1: Another conversation that has been reported that will happen in the future is that Jan Sommer will be sat down and they will say to him, do you want to stay and compete for your place? This is considering Manuel Neuer comes back and is fit. Or do you want to go if we can get the same price that we spent to get you? What does Jan Sommer do? Because has Neuer potentially hurt himself here by doing what he did? If Jan Sommer is to have a great second half of season?
3: Listen, at, at their best, Manuel Neuer is still the better of the two goalkeepers. Um, but coming back from this kind of injury at the age that Manuel Neuer is, is is an unknown. And if you're Jan Sommer, and for my money, Jan Sommer has been the second best goalkeeper in the Bundesliga for quite some time. Um, now he finds himself at a club that is vying for domestic and European honours um, and he has to shoot. So now he has to make this decision, similar to Chippewa thing, there's a bunch of unknowns that you're trying to figure out and where that best positions you. What type of form, when does Manuel Neuer come back? What type of form does he come back in? How long can that last? Um, and you try to make an educated decision uh, around that. Unfortunately, there's too many unknowns, uh, unknowns as, we, as, as we see fit. In, in all honesty, I, I think... Many a club would have taken a chance on Jan Sammer a long time ago, but for his age himself. Um, now he's got that opportunity at a big club. There's, there's no other big clubs that are going to take that chance again because of his age. So what is your option? And, and right now, that's one only Jan Sammer can answer. And, and unfortunately, I think he can only answer that when you have a better idea about Manuel Neuer.
1: So sit tight and wait.
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And listen, he's, he's, he's in a position right now where he's vying for domestic and European honours and will be for the foreseeable future. When Manuel Neuer comes back, then you have a decision to make.
1: These are the odds for the Bundesliga right now. The closest challenges in the table are Freiburg. Leipzig have been in form, though, and obviously held them today, Ale. Mm. Does anyone challenge them? Or are Bayern going to make it 11 in a row?
4: Short answer is Bayern Munich are going to make it 11 in a row. Long answer is the fact that Freiburg and Leipzig and Eintracht Frankfurt and Dortmund, all these guys are going to take point off of each other. And they almost need to be perfect from here on out in order to be able to catch Bayern Munich, unless unless Bayern Munich goes into some sort of slump like they did in uh, and, and the moment in which they weren't able to score goals. I just don't think that that's going to happen again. They had their chance early on in the season. All these teams, they had the chance early on. When when you saw Bayern Munich that was historically bad and saw them fall to fifth in Bundesliga. That was the moment to jump on Bayern Munich. They didn't, they allowed them to come back and now they're still leaders and they will be leaders at the end as well. Bayern
3: in 11th, heaven? Yeah, uh, I'm with Ali on that one. Listen, as, as disappointing as Bayern were, Um, today against Leipzig you don't see that continuing for, for, for that much longer and to catch to make up that kind of a gap on Bayern Munich you yourself have to be perfect
1: between now and the end of the season well we've got more Bundesliga action coming up this weekend it is back for 2023 match day 16 plenty to look forward to over the weekend on Sunday there will be wraparound coverage of Borussia Dortmund against Augsburg Borussia Mönchengladbach and Bayer Leverkusen will also round out of the day all these games available on ESPN+. Plus.
10: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
11: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And...
1: Memphis Depay has made the move to Atletico Madrid from Barcelona on a a two-and-a-half-year deal. He's 28 years old and his contract was due to run out in the summer. Just looking at his numbers for this season, big difference to last season. Four games, one goal, zero assists. Mario, I'll start with you. What do you make of this move?
2: It's a very important move for him. I think, you know, when you're a player, you you go to your dream club because the moment when he went from um, uh, Lyon, he had an option. To go to Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona didn't hesitate and went straight in, and that's also the club where he wanted to go. He wanted to go to Barcelona. He made it clear, Dutch TV, everything that he talked about, it was like Barcelona was his dream move. You go there and then you end up not playing as much football as you wanted to be. Also because Kuman brought him over, and clearly Kuman left, and that was also a very one of the key things. Now. He's there, he sees I'm not playing anymore, then Atletico comes. We, we all know the history of Atletico and the way he plays. He felt like, okay, that's my opportunity. And also, who is the coach again for the national team of Holland? Ronald Koeman. Ronald Koeman is the guy that likes him. And in Holland, he they like, they like to select you when you play. He wants to play all the time so he can get back in the national team. So this move is clearly a tactical move for him to get back on his feet and make sure that he can play the football the way he wants
1: to play. Ale, did he get a fair crack at Barcelona?
2: Well,
4: he was supposed to be the answer, uh, at least in the short term. But Barcelona were always looking for other options because while Memphis Depay sort of came in a very difficult circumstance, let's not forget, he was indeed the post-Messi signing by Barcelona. And so, unfairly so, people are looking at Memphis Depay and say, well, then of course he's gonna score the goals, right, and he's gonna provide the assists, and he's gonna impact the play. And while he's a very confident player, and the first time that we saw Memphis Depay playing for Barcelona was against Real Sociedad at the Camp Nou, first game of the season, his first touch on the ball, he's flicking the ball over the top of people's head with his back heel, and you're thinking, well, he's really feeling himself here. Hey, look at this guy. Confident. It didn't seem like the, the platform was too big for him. But then Barcelona struggled, and he got injured, and consistency wasn't there. The coaching change happened, and now a whole philosophy changes. And now you're looking for other players and other answers. And when Lewandowski becomes an option, guess what? Memphis Depay is not better than Robert Lewandowski as playing as an Adonis striker. It's a different position. And when you look at the options in wide areas, you're thinking, okay, well, is Memphis Depay better than this other, other guys? Well, probably not at this point in his career. And so it, it's almost as if he became a player without a position and without a role in a team that at one point was depending on him. It's a long answer to your question. At the beginning, he got a fair shake. It was a fair deal. And then... Because of circumstances around him, misplaced, see you later, he had no role and now becomes an Atletico Madrid player.
1: And Atleti will be facing Real Madrid. We have El Derby coming up in the Copa del Rey. They have been drawn to face them. We know that Real Madrid are actually in the chance to be in with a Copa del Rey win because of that comeback against Villarreal. One player who wasn't there to see it was Chiuameni. He was injured and went to Paris to watch the NBA. What do you make of this, Frank? He said, I apologize to, to my to club, put... the coaching oh, staff, my teammates and the Madrid Easter fans for my presence at an event at the same time that we had a lot to play for in the Copa. I've been monitoring at all times what was happening. <laughs> here, but I haven't done the right thing. I'm sorry.
5: Well, uh, you know what, Kate? I don't know what is more shameful, to attend to an NBA game or to apologize that way after, you know? I know, take full responsibility to, for what you did and you will be, you know, respected, I think. Uh, and when I was 20 years old, you know, I just signed for a club called Laval. Um, and I wasn't picked to play. And I wasn't even picked to play, uh, to be in the, as a substitute. And uh, this particular weekend, and that was my brother's uh, wedding. And I didn't say a word to the coach and I stayed in, in the stand because he didn't have the courage to ask him to, uh, to, go, to go to my f- uh, brother's wedding. Um, I think you have to commit when you signed for a club. I think Aurelia and I love Aurelia. I tried to, uh, I defended him, you know, after the, the World Cup and some people will make some ra- racist comments about, uh, uh, about him because he missed a penalty, which was uh, absolutely shameful. So I love the guy, but I think he knows the schedule of his club. I think he entirely commit to the club. But if he decides to have some good time because he's injured, well, you know, again, take full responsibility and nobody, nobody will be, will be, well, upset with you. That's all right. You're young. You want to see NBA. We all know that the NBA is important uh, nowadays, uh, even in Europe. So that's understandable. And it's not because you're not watching your team that's at the end of the world, you know, Uh, um... I sometimes didn't watch Chelsea, you know, while I was at Chelsea because I was injured, only because nobody showed that game, you know. So that was okay. That was all simply okay. It's not the end of the world.
1: Julian uh, <laughs> Leroy was also at the NBA game mm. in Paris. Obviously, he got his VIP tickets in the mail. What about you, Frank? Why weren't you there?
5: Um... Uh, well, uh, it was when it was Sunday, I think I was on stage uh, being, uh, being um, uh, for, uh, for my play in south of France. And so that's so why I wasn't invited. But, you know, I, I went to, when I was uh, in LA, I went so many times to see the Lakers. Or even the Clippers uh, at the uh, uh, Staples Center. So I'm good. I'm good with NBA. <laughs> and I know that uh, it's only the playoffs who are very interesting. <laughs> I like
1: that. The days,
5: Hey, I'll you tell only going to go uh, to the big ones. <laughs> I,
4: I, I tell you, I, I like the fact that Chuamani is saying, hey, while I was at the game, I was essentially on my phone <laughs> saying, oh, oh, scoring update. OK, I'm cover. Huh? Imagine if that was enough. Imagine if when we're watching games, instead of actually watch the game so that we can come here with an informed opinion, we just watch the scoring updates, right? It's unprofessional for us, and we're not part of the team. It's unprofessional for Chua Mene. He should be very well aware as to what's going on with his team, and he should be watching the game, and certainly should not be out in public in an event like an NBA game and say, hey, guys, I'm here, I'm here. Mario,
1: you're an <laughs> NBA fan. Can you sympathize with Chua Mene?
2: Yeah. Uh, you look, I can sympathize with him in the sense of like he needed to prep himself better for this situation. I totally understand what the guys were talking about, especially what Frank said. When you're young, I tell you, okay, you want to go to games like this. I, I, and what Frank said, I've been to, you know, fortunate, I don't like saying it, but I've been to a lot of finals where the Lakers won in LA. So I have managed to see them from close up. But sometimes you've got to, you know, instead of allowing the fire to come to you, Set yourself up that the fire can't come. Just make it clear. Go to the coach, say to him, is it okay? Because I did it at Chelsea. I asked him, can we go somewhere? I remember us flying with a couple of players to Romania. They say he was on the plane. But we asked the coach, can we do it? And he said, yes. So then we went. But if he says no, don't do this because you're going to get problems.
1: Well, you wonder if there are a few disciplinary issues at the moment at Real Madrid with Ancelotti Mm. and some of his players, especially what we saw from Rodrigo, when Ancelotti had to say to him, you, you need to greet me, you need to acknowledge me, because this was a a snub from the player here. He did say sorry afterwards that it was a problem and he knew he should have done better, but you don't usually see this from Ancelotti, Ali, at least not in public anyway. Well...
4: And I can tell you, I think Ancelotti feels that over the last few weeks, this team has been getting away from him just a little bit. And so we are seeing a side of Ancelotti that we don't always see, but it's necessary. Sometimes you got to tighten up the screws a little bit. Sometimes you got to bring it back, and, and you got to bring by Vinicius, and you got to bring by Rodrigo, and all these young players. The thing that, that the world is theirs, you got to remind them, son, when you walk through that locker room, I am the boss. I make the decisions. And if I come to shake your hand, you don't ignore me. I will make the decisions that I think are best for this club. If you don't like it, you're going to sit comfortably right there. You got to go old school sometimes. I know people are all about the technology and new school school and all this nonsense. Sometimes you got to go old school. And if Ancelotti needs some help with being old school, call me, Carlo. Don't you worry. We'll take care of these young guys. Can can I I
3: say, just when I thought I couldn't love Ancelotti anymore, Mm -hmm. he goes and does this. I mean, Ali's right. Sometimes that is exactly what the coach needs to do and address some of these young players. Because for all that this game offers and, and delivers, for young players, it can sometimes get away from you. Now, Rodrigo, incredibly talented, Spanish champion, European champion, but sometimes that just gets away and you need somebody like Ancelotti to give you that dressing down in a way that you understand and you respect and makes you sit up and take notice. And then the funny thing, Ancelotti then goes to the press and says, well, he had a little bit of a niggle. He had a little bit of an injury, <laughs> so I had to take him off." Everybody knows what's going on, but he doesn't <clears> make it an issue. and. For as good a manager as Ancelotti continues to prove himself to be, he continues to show exactly why he's able to get the best out of his players wherever he goes. And here's
4: the other thing. Rodrigo may not realize it now. Vinny Jr. may not realize it now as to how good this is for them. Mm and their careers, and how much they're going to appreciate a guy like Carlo Ancelotti as they get older into their careers, and they have different managers, and they'll know what I've become, part of the successful player that I I have become, and part of the final product that I have become, I go back to some of the lessons that I learned early on in my career, and Carlo Ancelotti will be a big part of that.
5: Frank? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, On top top of, you know, uh, being... um, uh, incorrect to uh, to Ancelotti, Rodrigo was also impolite towards the players was about to come in or to come on, you know, because he's showing he's showing to the world, yeah, why I'm going out? Why do you want to put that guy instead of me? I would, I'm I'm, mm. I'm better than that guy, so why? And that's that's not a good message. That's can can can, can be bad also for the for the dressing room. So mm. I love that, and I like with the guys. I'm, I love what Ancelotti did in front of the cameras, in front of everybody. That's a lesson to a young players. Who's yeah, we can understand. He's upset to get out, but that's his decision. And there is only one boss, and st- until he's <laughs> fired, is the coach.
1: Remember, Ancelotti has just said, it's... "I'm the one who knocks," and they will all suddenly learn. <laughs> Mario, do you want to weigh in on this one?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I, what the guy said is just like growing up. We all can go back to our own parents and say, like, look, when your parents says, do this, you do it. And Ancelotti showed the father side, you know, like I am the dad in this team. Regardless of what you want to do, you are my son, nothing else. So if you want to do less, if you want to do extras, then don't play. And I mean, I look, <laughs> I come from a strong mom myself, and believe me, I had a happy life, why? Because it was just, the answers were straight. You don't behave like that. If you want to behave like that, you don't come in this house anymore. And I think Rodrigo knows exactly what's happening. You either play the game, or my friend, if you don't listen to me, I I have a nice seat for you next to me and it's leather and warm. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: all
1: right, well let's remember as well that like, Rodrigo did did get caught with the lip readers saying afterwards I'm sorry I should have done better they all do it they all do they sorry know
5: when after. Your mom calls it by <laughs> your fury. <full
1: name. laughs> you, know you know you're in trouble that's what it is. That's when you know you're in trouble. Let's see what happens this weekend then shall we when Athletic Club hosts Real Madrid all of these games in La Liga available every single week on ESPN Plus. Yeah.
4: But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta,
10: tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Here's
1: a look at the top of the Serie A stand-ins, and Juventus could be flying way further down the table if... Well, they will be, because the Serie A's FIGC prosecutor has ruled that they will be giving a 15-point deduction Mm -hmm. as a result of the Plus Valencia case, the club's capital gain violations. This is how things would look now in that table. They will be appealing this. Guys, this is a mess.
4: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it is a mess. And for a club that had been a mess, and apparently they were turning things around. they playing slightly better climbing up the table, felt like things were kind of heading in the right direction, and now not so much, down you go, 15 points, 15 points, it's a lot. Let me, let me just tell you, quick math, that's a lot, and it obviously puts them out of any reach of top four, and what that may do for the future of the club, this is, you said it.
3: This is a mess. The thing is, for me, Juventus, as dominant a club as they are in Italy, for all the things that on the surface seem to be going right, they seem to be trying to find new ways to game the system in a system that they don't need to game to to, to be dominant, certainly domestically. Um, It's an absolute mess. And again, a stain against one of the biggest clubs in Italian football that, just, again, has you looking at them with with, with doubt. And I'm not sure how you, how you change that perspective. But that's
4: exactly it. Like, where does this leave Juventus? Not not just now. Obviously, on the table, we just saw what it does. For the future of the club, and how are these decisions made? And who's making these decisions? And what's the plans? And what are the objectives? And what is it that you're going to do in order to make those plans realistic and the objectives realistic so that you can execute and actually be able to achieve certain things. I just don't even know how you sit back now if you're Juventus and you say, well, Champions League for us, win an Escudetto for us. But right now, none of those things are realistic. And given where the club is, it's difficult to trust that the decisions in the future are going to be made in a manner that is responsible and actually addresses some of the issues within this club.
1: Yeah, very tough for Max Allegri and the players as well, despite that Napoli result. Things had been going very well for them, as you say, Ali, but now slipping down the table with that 15-point deduction, we'll keep our eye on what happens next. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on the latest edition of ESPN FC. We have a little bit more for you because a couple of the guys will be back to join us (laughs) because extra time is coming up. And let me tell you, they're in a very lively and happy (laughs) stick around. Extra time, the guys will be answering your questions next. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. In the studio we have Ale and Shaka, and we have Mario and Frank there at home. We hear it's your LaBeouf day this weekend.
5: Ah, Oh, goodness me. That's gonna be this weekend, and I normally don't celebrate my birthday because I'm too old and I don't care. Voila. Oh wow! Voila.
1: So oh, you're, said, you're an Aquarius, wait, wait, wait. Frank. So
3: you're gonna come into work on your birthday? He doesn't, doesn't celebrate. Birthday. He doesn't celebrate. Right. It's like any other day, like any yeah. other Sunday.
5: So we'll see you Sunday. I'm an Aquarius. I'm the first day of the Aquarius. Yes, yeah, uh, 22nd of January. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. But I'm, I'm gonna right, be. Sunday. I'm gonna be on stage. So. Top. Nice. I found yeah, yeah.
1: out a few things about yeah. Aquarians.
4: Okay. Uh oh. Go ahead. Uh-oh. Advanced. Oh. Uh huh.
1: Self-reliant. Uh huh. Clever. Yeah. Exceptional. Okay. Optimistic. All right. Except for when it comes to Liverpool, Chelsea predictions.
11: Hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Happy oh birthday God. this weekend, Frank I'll have some cake
4: You were describing Frank in those words? <laughs> <laughs> oh I quite made that's the connection a, That's yeah. what Frank said that Frank that one and, <laughs> w-
5: As Ali would say 100%
1: <laughs> You win, Frank You win I mean, he does win 100%, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Happy birthday oh, this boy. weekend, Frank Ale, who's your La Liga player of the season so far?
4: Obvious answer, Robert Lewandowski. uh, Leading goal scorer in La Liga for the team that is leading La Liga. I'll give you a dark horse or a shot in the dark here about Mikel Merino for Real Sociedad. Uh, Coming into last weekend, leading assist getter in La Liga and has been playing at a very high level for a team that is overachieving currently.
1: Yep, Real Sociedad doing really well right now. For Mario, start bench or drop Ooh. these Dutch legends in their oh. prime. Oh. <laughs> yep, Stan, oh my god. Ronald Koeman uh-huh. of Virgil van Dijk. Oh, oh. oh
11: my <gasps> god. god. Look,
2: look, look. Okay, Yeah, look, look. look. Okay. <laughs> Stam starting. I played next to him. I felt like I was bigger than ever when I played next to him. Koeman, I caught yeah. Koeman on his on his day coming down so we were actually targeting him and trying to just run past him great player but i might have to put him on the bench no i might have to put him on the tribune i met van dijk um uh, wow. be on the bench to come on wow. i'm sorry wow
1: controversy wow. Controversy. Controversy.
2: Oh, that, that, that's a tough one, to be fair.
3: That's a tough I'm one. I'm with you, Mario. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> it wasn't, it was for Mario. Oh, I don't know. It's a correct answer. It geez? was for Mario. I've got nothing to do with this. That's an acceptable answer. I'm just saying, this question wasn't directly hey, for Mario. I'm kind.
1: You said that's a tough one.
3: Well, I, I was just sympathizing with Mario oh. and how much he went through and <laughs> tried to answer I, that I, question. What is your opinion, Shaq? I, my opinion is Mario did a very good job in navigating the <laughs> minefield. Time. That's
2: so political. Hey, Chaka, I love it. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it.
4: <laughs> hey, Frank, Frank agree. M- Mario, by the way, this has nothing to do with you and the fact that Shaka just doesn't want to answer the question.
2: <laughs> no, he's he oh, not being yeah. your brother. He's not protecting uh, no, you. He's protecting
4: himself. He's okay. He's
5: he's escaping, Mario.
0: <laughs> he's yeah. escaping. Uh, he's like...
1: All right, for the boys, I'll put this to you, Frank. How do you rate the Leandro Trossard signing for Arsenal?
5: I think it's a good signing in a way that is going to bring, you know, in case uh, somebody gets injured. Um, and when you have a chance, when you play for Brighton and you have a chance to come and sign for, for the Gunners, when you have a chance to win a title, yeah, it's hard to say no. Now, how many minutes is going to have the chance to be on the field, you know, if uh, Martinelli uh, uh, and Kete uh, uh, and, uh, and Saka are, are fit? I think almost none. That's the thing. Uh, but nowadays, players, they go for it uh, and, and hope for the best. Where in my days, I'm not sure a player like Trossard would have signed for, for Arsenal because he would have said, you know, I'm going to stay on the bench and I want to play. So. I think it's a good signing for for Arsenal. Is it a good signing for for Trossard? We'll see. We'll see. I will. Uh, I will wish him the best.
2: What's going on with Mario? Is he all right?
5: Mario, What's I mean? Mean? Is, is he
2: joking? What's because happening? Because what Frank is saying, when I came to Chelsea, I opened the dressing room. Frank was in the dressing room, and they just won the World Cup. And I still came to Chelsea, knowing that my battle was with Didier Deschamps, Dennis Wise, and Albert Verel. Frank. You know yourself. When we footballers, we're gonna attack whatever comes towards. It does not matter. We are going. So yes, trust i making that move. I say hell yes, my brother. I would have done the same thing. Hey, what? I, Mario's no, got a lot of brothers. No,
4: no, no. Tosaris, his brother. I would never Shakers, sign. I would,
5: I would on, never Frank. sign for a club. If I, I would have never signed for a club, you know, uh, if I knew I had no chance to uh, to play. Uh, because I, but you uh, you I, I will know fight what you I... You will fight well, to I, get I in I know the I you friend. tried, and I understand what you're saying. That's my point of view. Uh, uh, I would have no chance to play for Chelsea. Uh, uh, I would have say no. I, I had that. I had that uh, uh, possibility when I was playing for uh, Laval when I signed, and uh, there were yeah. two central defenders. And, uh, and the, 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 the boss signed for another club. But I say to my father, if they stay, I don't want to go because I want to play. And no way, there is no way that I'm going to have a chance to play. So that's my philosophy. I understand some other players don't want to take the, the gamble, but that's how I felt about my career. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Ale, do you think Real Madrid would be better off with Mbappe or Bellingham?
5: Wow. What?
4: Um, I think, I think if Mbappe is on the table, you go after Mbappe, and that, I mean, as simple as that. It's, uh, a, a, it's a generational talent when you're talking about Kylian Mbappe, and as talented as Jude Bellingham may be, that's an area that you've already addressed uh, with Chouamini and Kamavinga, and of course, you can make the argument. Well, they see better than those guys. Well, perhaps so, but. I think Mbappe, if he's available and he's on the table, you cannot pass him.
1: Yes, Shaka?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I love Jude Bellingham. Incredible talent, as Ali says. But if it's a choice between Jude Bellingham and Kylian Mbappe, I take Kylian Mbappe every single time.
1: Frank, how bad was Trent Alexander Arnold defending versus Brighton? And how would you have reacted as his teammate seeing that? Ha ha ha.
5: Well, I didn't see the game, so I'm, I'm not going to criticize somebody if I didn't see the game. Well, you were the NBA. Uh, and I <laughs> <laughs> am not I'm not going to I'm not I'm, I'm going to stop criticizing Trent Alexander Arnold because the last time I did so, I was uh, called a racist. So, uh, I I I just want to say that I know and everybody who knows football know out where to stand about Trent Alexander Arnold when he has the ball. And when Trent Alexander-Arnold has to defend, that's two different people, person, and, uh, and, 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 I, and I don't expect much more from him defending. So club knows that, everybody knows that, and uh, I'm sorry I didn't see the game against Brighton, but I'm not a comment about that. But I know that Trent has to work very hard defensively.
1: All right, no comment. Uh, Mario, I'll start with you. Have you guys given your game worn shorts after the full time whistle to any of your fans like Julian Alvarez did yesterday?
2: Oh. Your game wants your shorts. I get shorts? my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably the <laughs> Look at this guy. Hey, listen. Look at this guy. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, you see now? This is now. This is now where I went in. I went in a football team like that, and Frank was already in that team. Imagine me, a young boy of 21 years old, coming in this dressing room and see Frank Lebop in it. That's what happened to me.
3: You're scarred. No. You're scarred, oh, yes,
8: uh, with trouble.
2: <laughs> oh,
4: Somebody's oh, scarred
2: around the world. Yeah. Oh, Somebody's
4: yeah. scarred. No. Whoever received the, the underwear from Frank LaBeouf must be scarred.
2: <laughs> no, I that's not true. A anything, not guy. A bald guy didn't say anything, I would. Well, you can't.
4: What about that image? uh, That picture? uh, You want that picture in your head? No, it's
3: just too many questions. (laughs) No one wants
1: to see the whole of the moon.
3: What? know, my God. You don't know. You have to
5: know. That could be. A beautiful moon. Uh, you don't know
4: uh, that. No, it's okay. That's well. all hope for hey guys. tonight. <laughs> Take it easy. It's yes.
5: cloudy tonight. <laughs> oh <laughs> I
4: will
3: never watch that. Never uh, look at the moon to him again. No, no, no. Oh my God, man. You guys better put the
9: lights
4: up. No. No, I never gave my shots away. No. my God. I'm sorry.
1: Did you ever give your shots?
4: Oh, I thought it we're talking about my moon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Well, I don't think I gave up my shorts. I don't. I don't recall. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no shorts. Barely. No, I'm uh, uh, barely my jersey. At, at, at this point, a, any at this point extra if I did it, so I
2: want
3: give
5: back. them away. After, uh, uh, After uh, Frank's story, I want the uh, uh, shorts uh, back. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. but you know, you want a secret? You 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 want a secret? No, you know? no, Frank, we do the on a secret. Yeah, yeah, Wait, you no, want to hear no, that? No, I want to no, hear, no, no, wanna no, hear no, the secret. I
4: want to hear the secret. I'm invested in the story now.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and it's not about. And it's not about myself and my moon. It's about Emmanuel Petit. Do you know that Emmanuel oh Petit uh, could, have, could never could have given his shorts because he wasn't wearing anything underneath. Never. Oh, True. Oh
2: my God. Hey! Well, you hey! Hey! hey a little, little
4: drafty. <laughs> Manu, Manu was. I, oh my what? God! I'm. I'm. I i am yeah. <laughs> i do not know why you're blushing.
5: I feel like it would be a bit drafty. Uh, <laughs> yes, a little
4: yeah. cold. A little uh, cold uh, uh,
5: He's nice a free uh, rider. He's a free <laughs> rider, <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel Petit. He's a free rider. oh man. He Commander was some guy, Emmanuel Petit.
3: There, there is some information that, that right. nobody needs in their lives.
4: Hey, and that's, that's what. <laughs> you need a freedom. You need no, a No, no. I would be concerned about chafing though. That's uh that's a problem. How many weeks now? I'm just saying.
1: All right, I've got a great pun that I can't use because it's too much. No, right. what? No. no. no I, can't. I can't, but it is a common thing, no. isn't it? You like say in Italy that they'll give the shorts away and stuff. Yeah. I've, I've seen yeah. it before. Yeah. Okay.
5: All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: going to move on but before. Please, please. Yeah. Yeah, there are a few
5: things I yeah, wanted move to say on, about move that. On. But I just... <laughs> move on. Okay. Yeah, 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 because Shaka is saying stupid things. So yeah, move on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Move but, on, move on.
1: <laughs> OK. Congratulations on becoming a US citizen. Hey, hey. hey. Now hey. that you're an American, will yeah. you continue rooting Ooh. for England or will you be supporting the Stars and Stripes? Oh,
3: Ooh. Ooh. oh yeah. Here
4: we
3: go. Here we go. Oh, you did I think you need Will to talk with a different accent as well. I think you need to okay. talk in an American accent. Do you, do
4: you have an American accent at some point, Kate? Do you have it in you? Huh?
3: Have, have, you have you ever heard Stevie's American accent? <laughs> <laughs> Get <TV>. Stevie. <laughs> Get Stevie to teach you Come how about, to do an American but accent. But let's see if she <laughs> has one. Yeah, go on, okay.
1: No, I do not have an American accent. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: okay.
4: Oh! Ah! 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 Ah, boy!
1: Okay. Okay.
4: Alright. Hollywood is going to be calling soon. (laughs) Calling what? Call it for
3: frag shots. <laughs> <Not laughs> or the moon, that for <laughs> the oh, that matter. Call it Call it for Petit. Now, oh that, now that
1: they've given me it anyway, I suppose I can just say, I'm sorry, it is still going to be England.
5: Oh, uh, what? There will be a close
1: second. Okay? That's
5: all right. Don't right. patronizing. <laughs> <laughs> <That'll be laughs> part-
1: don't
3: try, don't try oh. to get out of it that yeah. way. Don't
1: patronizing.
10: be a close <little laughs> second. it going be a close second.
2: Okay, it's gonna be England all the way. I see it on your face. Don't worry about it. It's okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, exactly. Uh-huh. Frank, as a trained actor, can you do an American accent? Ooh.
5: Are you doing?
11: No. <laughs> <laughs> New York, oh, no. New York, baby. Oh, no. Are no, you no. doing? No. Uh, <laughs> Okay,
4: Joey oh Tribbiani over here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Joey Tribbiani, huh? Uh, oh, oh, God. Oh, my God. Time for a human
5: so Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you know. Oh oh Why can't I turn? <laughs> no, you have I to be have a, a little to be say, bit nasal. Yeah. No, Nasal. Yeah, right. No problem, no problem. You know, let's go like light-stuckler, like that.
4: <laughs>
5: oh, man, Frank, you sure. are, you, are... you got it,
4: Frank. You're on it. Yeah. You got yeah, it, thank
5: you. Yeah. I know. <laughs>
2: Continue down there, Frank. You got it. Mario, can you,
4: yeah.
1: you do an American accent?
2: No, I have to be really sorry. I have tried. But they didn't allow me to work my magic. And no, I can't do it. All
1: right. My kid's got Uh, an American accent already. That's so easy. I find myself having to say words like he says them to be understood. Um. And it's like, I can't say potty. I have to say paddy. (laughs)
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that, was right? uh, that was a little
1: yeah. Australian That was a little Australian. All right. What? Well, we've given you plenty to think about tonight.
3: Uh, <laughs> yes,
5: a little bit too much in yeah, some uh, circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Lunar Hello. eclipse. Lunar eclipse. And I will tell you next time, I will tell you how I know for Emmanuel Pachi because it was in the newspapers. Oh, hey. What did you do, Next time.
11: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work.